I'm grateful to be here interviewing Matt Kahn, who's coming here to speak at Mile High Church soon, and we're so looking forward to your your presence here with us, Matt. I'm excited. Mm. Just thrilling. So do you know much about Mile High Church? Can I answer any questions for you before we kind of continue to launch on into our conversation? Well, I've known about Mile High Church for many years, and it's always been a place where, you know, in in, um, in my career, I've always had this feeling of like, one day I'm going to speak at the Mile High Church. <laughs> I'm very excited, actually, to finally be coming to uh, not only the Denver area, but, but to your church and to bring what I call the love revolution of heart-centered consciousness to um, everyone in attendance. And I'm, I'm just honestly just very, very excited for, you know, all the magic and miracles and healing energy that always seems to come through whenever I speak. So I'm, I'm really quite excited. Yes. And we are quite excited too. So um, you are coming. It's like the last Friday of March, isn't it? I think. Mm, it is. I think so. Yeah. Double check and make sure I've got the date right. Cause I know people want to know the exact date. I have Friday, March 29th that you'll be in our main sanctuary and our, and the tickets are on sale. We're already experiencing ticket sales. So Yay. that's wonderful. I think that you are well known right now <laughs> in the world of healing and wholeness as a, a prolific author. And I know you've been speaking a lot mm. and, um, I personally love your books. I, I found, um, I of course read uh, uh, Whatever Arises, Love That, and I, mm. I made all sorts of notes through it. And then to prepare for this interview, I went back and started looking at my notes, and I found myself captivated with my own notes and, and the conversation, the things I highlighted. I would start to read a highlight, and then I just couldn't stop reading it. It's just wow. so chock full. And then um, I'm also reading, I just started your, your newest book, uh, Everything is Here to Help You. I love that title and the, the covers are very great of the books and you uh, use a lot of wonderful acronyms in that book. And yes. our minister, Dr. Roger, um, we call him the king of acronyms. So I'm <laughs> with a lot of that, but I think you, you hold your own in that regard. So tell, tell um, those who, who may be not as familiar with you, tell, mm -hmm. tell us right now a little bit about your journey. Cause you've had an amazing journey of opening up as a child mm. and you were very sensitive and and I think a lot of the people in our community are, are similar. So my healing journey has been a very mysterious and miraculous journey that for me began when I was about eight years old. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and when I was eight years old, and even if I go before this experience I'm about to talk about, when I was growing up, I had like probably many of you watching this, this very confusing experience where I grew up thinking people didn't like me. And mm -hmm. the evidence of why I thought people didn't like me was that I thought that, you know, all the things I felt around them, I thought were their opinions of me. And I didn't realize that as an empath, I was actually picking up on all the emotions and all of the unprocessed pain that they carried in their bodies and in their cells and in their energy field. And I, you know, as a child was never told, by the way, you're going to have to learn how to distinguish between your feelings and other people's experiences. Mm -hmm. So I grew up as a child in, in a very common dynamic that a lot of us have, which is called vibrational codependency, mm -hmm. where we are trying to affect other people's experiences because we think when they feel better, they're going to feel better about us. Mm -hmm. And so I spent many, many years of my life uh, trying to cheer everyone up, thinking that only when they were happy would they be accepting of me. Mm -hmm. And throughout this process, around eight years old, uh, I had a really, really life-changing experience where I went to sleep one night and I thought I was having a dream. 
And I woke up in this most amazing garden where I felt the greatest love and safety I've ever felt in my entire life. I mean, the colors of this garden were so bright and vibrant and literally the colors of the, of the flowers and this garden were overflowing with the vibration of love. And I felt a level of safety and calm I've never felt in my entire life. And as I started moving through this garden, I would feel my eight-year-old legs pushing through this brush of waist-high flowers. And then I noticed that as I was feeling that, I was actually hovering above the flowers at the same time. And I couldn't explain this, but the love was so intense, it almost didn't matter. And then about 10 feet in front of me, I saw a figure in a white robe with long, dark hair and a dark beard. And I didn't know who this person was, but I felt an instant connection and kinship with them. And they motioned me towards them, and I, didn't, and I didn't really move. And as they're hovering above the flowers, and I'm hovering above the flowers, I start to become drawn towards this being automatically. And as I get about five feet in front of this being, there's like white light glowing out of their eyes. And for some reason, as a kid, I thought about those scary Halloween movies where people like roll their eyes and right. their heads, yeah. over their heads. And as I did that, it kind of broke the state of the experience. Mm-hmm. I fell through the garden, through the sky, back in my body. And only when I fell back in my body did I realize I left it. So mm-hmm. I'm shaking, I'm sweating, I'm freezing cold, trying to process what just happened. And in the corner of my out of the corner of my eye in my in the door of my bedroom, I saw the same figure in like this chalky white etheric energy as I later realized it was. And I looked directly at the being who's motioning me towards them and it disappeared. And then from that point forward, I had this interesting experience of peripheral seeing angels walking with me and just knowing things spontaneously. And because it all came with the energy of that safety and love from the garden, you just kind of accept and go with it naturally, even though in the back of your mind, you kind of, what is this? Mm-hmm. Am I going crazy? You know. And over the years, mistaking other people's feelings for my experiences and carrying this with me, it wasn't until I was in my early 20s when the beings that walked with me as angels and ascended masters started speaking to me. And of course, then I went through this experience of realizing that they are just higher aspects of myself and realizing the truth of unity consciousness. And so I I live this very interesting life where I work as a healer, but I live in an awakened state of consciousness. And a lot of times on the spiritual path, you have awakened beings who aren't quite in tune with their healing abilities or psychic abilities. And you have healers and intuitives that aren't quite awake. And when you have these two things come together, you're actually able to help people heal and dissolve the barriers and boundaries of conditioning and human suffering for the ultimate goal of helping people awaken and embody their highest consciousness, which of course has a rippling effect to help expand the consciousness and transform the vibration of the planet, which of course is what my entire life is dedicated is to restoring the vibration of unity on this planet and helping all beings heal their hearts and awaken to the power of love and to bring heaven on earth to this beautiful, beautiful part of the galaxy. Well, that is a big vision. I say, <laughs> yes, let's do that. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I love that phrase of vibrational codependency that really resonates mm-hmm. with me in my journey too. And so what, 
it sounds like in describing your story, the whole the whole entire process of after the garden experience, mm-hmm. and then being able to integrate the voices of, of inner guidance, mm-hmm. all combined to help you heal that tendency. And so now you go around and help people do that themselves. What's the primary mm-hmm. thing you do in a workshop? What will those who uh, join us get uh, in your workshop that will help them with that? Because I personally feel a lot of people are vibrationally codependent and that's part Absolutely. of the of the planet right now. hundred percent. And I think that when vibrationally codependent, it really is you are right, but ready for a profound awakening that for most people, the evidence of their healing journey is really proof that the awakening is well underway. So mm-hmm. when someone comes to my workshop, I, I offer what I call group healing workshops or group healing events, however you want to phrase it. And so as a healer, I don't work with people necessarily in one-on-one sessions like I used to. Mm-hmm. I found that I have the ability to work with large groups of people and for every single person to have a significant healing at the same moment. So what I do is called a transmission of presence or what I offer is a transmission of presence. And what that means is when I speak, there is a healing energy that comes through the sound of my voice. And of course, what I'm guided to say intuitively is what all the souls in the room that have gathered for my event are ready to receive from their guidance. Mm -hmm. And the sound of my voice transmits a healing vibrational frequency that allows all in the room to experience the profound healing of their emotional wounds, oftentimes the healing of their physical conditions, and the awakening of their greatest insight and the integration of their previous spiritual experiences so that after a few hours with me, just from the healing energy I transmit through the sound of my voice, one walks away feeling and knowing the truth, Mm -hmm. aside from the teachings that I offer that tend to be always loving, sometimes humorous. Yes. Um, in, my, in my delivery, uh, as, as evidence of my YouTube videos, I tend to, tend to uh, be, be funny and down to earth, but always loving and heart-centered. Mm-hmm. And as a practical application of my teachings, and in my first book, Whatever Rises, Love That, I teach the practice of self-love, which in my workshops, what I've been doing recently is I've been teaching, going back to a practice, whether it's breath Mm. or the I love you's, as you probably are alluding to, where Mm. we put our hands on our hearts Mm -hmm. and we just say, I love you to ourselves. And what we're doing is we're actually making self-love familiar to our subconscious mind instead of foreign. Mm -hmm. Because when your subconscious mind is in tune uh, with the familiarity of self-love, then self-worth becomes something your subconscious welcomes into your everyday life which allows you to raise your vibration and, of course, perceive life from a higher perspective of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then from that perspective, we actually draw to us more miraculous outcomes, synchronicities, resources, and better experiences of people that we know and love. So Mm -hmm. the practice of self-love is an integrative and practical application that helps us to really digest all the healing energy received at my events and to really help us assimilate the vibration of our highest consciousness. Because really on the spiritual path, as much as a lot of people are under the impression that there's all these things we have to heal before we can become an enlightened being or create an enlightened civilization, the reality is we actually just have to take time not working so hard on overcoming the darkness to then align with the light, but to actually just get to know the light mm-hmm. as an all-knowing, all-loving force. And when we love ourselves, 
we are allowing the light of the universe to to enter our being we are giving ourselves a chance to know ourselves as our highest consciousness and we are basically saying instead of having so many things to work on let me just get to know the light purity and love already within me and the more we open that door the more the universe conspires in our highest favor yeah that's beautiful and one thing that has been particularly touching and supportive for me in working with your your books um, yeah. has been sometimes I perceive that we spiritual people uh, <laughs> want the light and the positive stuff. And what I feel when I um, listen to you and, and read your books is that that holistic self-love you're talking about that some might perceive to be the darker part of ourselves is included in the light that we are. It's yeah. not cut off like we don't get to cut off our pain or our stuff we actually you have very practical techniques to uh, support us in loving and accepting even the parts of us we find we may perceive currently are unacceptable such that they become um, included and embraced in the holistic mm. version of ourselves and i think that's so vital for all beings but especially spiritual beings who want everything just to be positive and happy and and, <laughs> and it really can be but it includes loving myself warts and all i guess is how i've seen it you know i, I couldn't agree with you more and i think the big i think the big difference between the new spiritual paradigm and the old model the old model, which is let's say let's call positive thinking, right. is, you, is you would positively think, or you would see something from a positive view, for the purposes of trying to escape or spend less time in negative thinking. Mm-hmm. And the fear is, if I spend too much time in negative thinking, the monster of negativity is going to get me. It's going to pull me down, and all these bad things are going to happen. I'm going to miss my destiny, uh-huh. and all the gifts that God was going to give me are going to be sent to a different person because <laughs> I was too negative. Negative. And I think of the new spiritual paradigm is that self-love, and just as a funny aside, just as a funny little story, I was boarding a train in an airport. I think it was the San Francisco airport where they have a train that takes you to your terminal. Mm-hmm. And I was standing by a woman and her husband, and he was saying something and just kind of thinking out loud. And she turns to him like aggressively and says, you got to be positive. And I thought... Here is this woman making a campaign for we got to be positive and demoralizing this poor man in the process, which is probably the opposite Mm -hmm. of what positive energy would dispense. So I think in the old way, really what it is, is we're going to be positive because our egos are extremely afraid of the idea of more pain and more Mm -hmm. misfortune. And the new paradigm, what we realize is that pain and misfortune are the evidences of a crucial spiritual crisis, healing journey, or awakening process, Mm -hmm. and that our experience of it is not necessarily what happens to us, but the relationship we have to it. So when you so eloquently said, you know, accepting yourself warts and all, what we're basically doing is we love the parts that are easy to love to get to know the power of our love and to get a handle of, okay, I can do this. And then when we find parts that are difficult to love, we're not asking these difficult parts to believe us. We're not asking these difficult parts to change its point of view. It's like a parent who picks up their child. And if the parent never, or if the child never stops crying, the parent still holds the child because the child needs to be loved through its most 
debilitating moment of suffering. Mm-hmm. So when we love ourselves, it's really the reality of spiritual evolution. It's, I may not like how I feel. Mm-hmm. I may not like how my life is unfolding. I have an idea of what I want. Obviously, life's not taken any feedback from the floor. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to accept that every single thing I feel emotionally is what every moment in my life has been created to bring up to my attention. Mm -hmm. And my job, like spiritual flashcards of emotions, is to practice mastering being the most loving and thoughtful welcomer Mm -hmm. of my feelings, that no matter how terrible it feels, I'm going to be the one that loves these feelings and, and in fact, you talked about my first two books. I'm actually right now writing my third book. Oh, great. And in my third book, what I talk about is it's the authenticity and it's the directness in which we learn how to welcome our feelings mm-hmm. as if we are the guardians of our emotions like parents are the children. That It's that process that is maturing our emotions. Mm-hmm. And when our emotions are matured to full capacity, right? The the big illusion in the old spiritual paradigm is people think their thoughts create their emotional state, but it's the maturity or lack of maturity in your emotions that actually creates the limitation or expansion of your thought process. So when your your emotions are mature Mm -hmm. based on you welcoming with love everything that arises, Mm -hmm. then you bring your emotions to full term your mind is expanded to its natural inherent genius machine. And from that space, your mind and your heart can merge together and start functioning as the brilliance that we're all here to bring to life. But it's not about being positive. It's not about steeping in the negative. Mm-hmm. It's about welcoming the fact that everything positive, negative, sarcastic, passive aggressive, lonely, faithful is literally just a part of yourself mm-hmm. next in line to be loved. And as we mature our emotions, we expand into what I call universal mind. Mm-hmm. And then we become living vessels mm-hmm. of consciousness and form. It's, it's, it's a spectacular process. And there are so many processes that try to get to people there. And what I've just found in my career is that only loving ourselves in the most authentic way mm-hmm. it gets us and it heals us on all levels the way we all deserve to be healed. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, in the beginning of what, whatever arises, love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really resonated with, um, you had a series of affirmations of, mm-hmm. for example, um, even though I'm feeling judgmental, I deserve love, even though, yeah. I'm feeling disconnected. I deserve love. And so I've used that a lot in the past few mm. months after reading that book to, to just be with those moments where I don't feel I'm the, the full version of myself as loving as I would like to be. And it's really, right. there's a calming that occurs. And I, mm. I really resonate with the notion of self-parenting and loving and embracing myself fully. So that's beautiful. And I think that's the, one of the beautiful things about your work is that you're not just talking these beautiful big ideas, you're giving <laughs> examples and then the, the experience of that transmission of healing uh, mm. all together really does create an environment of healing and power. Well, I, I'm, and I'm so touched by the fact that those affirmations are really, really 
you know, speak to you because I, I've spoken to so many people that have really just loved this book and the material I, I've put in it. And what would I find to be one of the biggest aspects of transformation is that people work hard to try to be or present themselves the most loving way, the most enlightened way, the most mindful way. Yeah. And when they fail to do so, and of course it's on purpose that the universe would say, oh, this person's creating a new ego out of something rather positive. Mm-hmm. Let's interrupt that and mm-hmm. let's come back to reality, which is in reality, we have good days and bad days. Some days we're at our best, sometimes we're at our worst. And what we have to be able to do is not just love ourselves when we're the most capable, but being willing to say, I have equally of loving a relationship with my most incapable parts as I do with my most capable parts. And what's amazing that the fear is, is if I have equal attention for my most incapable parts as I do my most capable self, I'm not going to be at my best as often as I want. And the truth is, when everything is loved equally, then you give permission and embody the self-worth to allow your true potential, your highest genius, your deepest inspiration, your greatest psychic and creative gifts to really rise to the surface to transform your life into never-ending fulfillment and to be that inspiration that brings such beauty and virtue to the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> now, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, your intuitive psychic gifts. I know a lot of people in the spiritual world are fascinated with guides and the presence mm. of angels and Jesus and all of that. And so um, when you talk about the, the doing this work and, and, and bringing forth these gifts in our world, um, mm. I, I guess I find people are really fascinated with how can I have that? How can I have that same level of yeah. guidance? How can I do that? Is there any part of your work that's about helping people to be more in touch with guides or Jesus or, or I haven't seen it in the books. You shared your story very openly and lovingly. So I'm not sure if that's something that's important to you or not. So tell, tell me more about that. Yes. If you come to the mile high church, when I'm speaking, you're guaranteed to know Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Guaranteed with, (laughs) <laughs> Your proof of purchase. Um, the, the the truth is, we all have spirit guides. We all have angels. They are mm-hmm. also aspects. They're individual beings that embody a frequency of consciousness. They mm-hmm. they are higher layers of your multi layered energy field. And mm-hmm. so, the information at higher layers take shape and form differently than how you look as the nucleus of your energy field. Mm -hmm. So there are different beings like Jesus and Mother Mary and Archangel Michael that represent different frequencies of consciousness. And when you are at a frequency of consciousness different from their frequency, you seem to be a different person. They seem to be a different being. And there's an exchange of information that occurs. But then in the awakening process, the more that you elevate consciousness integrate your ego with absolute love and kindness, then there's not so much separation between their domain and your consciousness. Mm -hmm. And when those two worlds come together, like from my experience, I've had experiences with different guides, then my consciousness expanded to those realms to where now I still hear the voices and I get the information, but it's all within one being. It's all within me. It's, um, I have this experience where I walk around the world and the entire world literally feels like it's existing within me. Sure. And, you know, what I do at my events is I help people 
face and melt the barriers of their emotional density. Mm-hmm. I help them unravel and integrate their ego so lovingly, so joyfully, so cleanly, so smoothly. And as a result of the healings that occur, you walk away naturally more in tune with your intuition. Because what I find to be true is that everyone's intuition is already operating perfectly. It's just, it can't be heard through the thickness of the veil or the density of unprocessed pain Mm -hmm. and conditioning. Mm -hmm. So I am not of the opinion where people need to go take a class to learn how to hear their guides all we have to do is kind of unplug our ears mm-hmm. to hear what's being spoken. And so at my events, it's, it's an honor to facilitate the healing and the awakening and the expansive energies and transformation because it is allowing people to become divinated and mm-hmm. activated as their own living source of connection to the universe. Mm-hmm. So it's not just to be, you know, of course, mesmerized by the stories I can tell. Right the stories I tell and the energies I transmit is to give others the opportunity to have their own direct experiences of transcendence so that all that they would adore and honor and revere in the Jesuses uh, or whether you call them Sananda or Emmanuel or in Kuan Yin or Mother Mary, that you can have direct access to these beings. You can receive this information on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It's just a simple matter of realizing that what our egos want and what is of our soul's destiny are not always the same. Right. And when we go through the activation process as awakened beings, we are in the we are in the resonance to be able to say i'm now willing to embrace what my guides have to say i'm now willing to go where they want me to go and i'm willing to do what is of the highest glory of universal will and i'm even willing to do it whether or not it matches with the plan i've made for myself and so mm-hmm. this is the surrender process that allows us to be willing to listen and act upon what is given to us and I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled that what I offer gives people a chance to have these experiences for themselves, but also being willing to follow up and act upon what they hear. And that's when we are willing to be, you know, living reflections of heaven on earth. Yes, that's beautiful. I love that. Last week, I was at a, um, a meeting that included um, Michael Beckwith and uh-huh. you know, I know you know him. And he, yeah. he had a, a moment where he described what you're talking about, like um, power flowing through a wire and, and the matching of circuits and that mm-hmm. the, the work that you're talking about that expands our own awareness of ourselves makes us a, a more available circuit for the energy to flow through. But if we've got, if we've got stuff blocking in the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual bodies that are keeping, keeping us appearing to be bound that we can't have as much of that power flowing through us. So I think you're describing very much the similar process. And, and I love that analogy. And here's what's even, I just, what struck me as you said that would just kind of download it immediately was not only does the corrosion of the circuits, you know, obstruct the flow of this information, mm-hmm. but it leads you to the belief, the limiting belief that the things your ego says must happen in your life yes. before you can be fulfilled. 
And the rejection that anything else, any other plan the universe has for you could make you equally or most likely more fulfilled. That delusion is where we live from when we are cut off from that connection and that guidance and that energy. So the, the, the clarity that I help create in someone's energy field is obviously, yes, to, to allow that electrical, electrical current to flow freely, but also to realize I have only imagined my own personal map to happiness and fulfillment because, one, I didn't know the plan the universe had for me. And two, I had no idea that I could be happy under any other circumstance than what I've imagined, because that's the limiting belief we have when we're not truly connected and, and flowing with source. And, and one of the things I think is interesting to kind of touch upon this understanding is the law of attraction. And the yeah. law of attraction, you know, people, people often think they can have whatever they want. And the reason why that, that is presented, I believe is that the rudimentary notion that you could have whatever you want is that when you imagine an object of your desire as an outcome, a specific partner living in a certain tropical location, doing whatever for a living that, that truly brings you joy, it's because you're getting yourself in tune with certain emotional states. Yes. Now, the higher law of attraction says to the universe, I only want what I want because it's the only way I know how to justify having certain feelings in my body. Mm -hmm. But I call on the brilliant universe and I say, universe, I know what I want is to feel more joy, fulfillment, passion, and all these things. You work through me. You guide me where I need to be, what I need to be doing and bring me all the experiences that I require to be as fulfilling as I imagine being, whether or not it's doing the things I want to do or doing the things I imagine having. And that, for a lot of people, is a little mind-blowing because their idea of the law of attraction is, I'm only going to feel this way when certain things happen. Right. And the only reason we have those things in our hearts to happen is because of how we want to feel. So once we know how we want to feel, we say to the universe, universe, you have a million ways in which you're going to bring me this feeling. Whatever you need to do, bring me this life of fulfillment. And if you could allow the universe to work through you and to dare to you know, let go of the grip we have on what needs to occur, mm -hmm. we would find ourselves perhaps living in surprising circumstances where we're more happy, more abundant, more fulfilled, and more healthy, and in a way we could have never expected. So oftentimes it's not that life doesn't fulfill our desires, it's that life is prepared to blow our minds and to expand our horizons and, and can't keep us in a limiting level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So our job is to say, here's how I want to feel. Universe, bring me whatever I need in order to bring that to life. And in the meantime, whether you give me what I want or don't give me what I want, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to practice loving myself. And as I love myself, because I'm interconnected to all beings, may all hearts be softened and healed mm. every time I embrace my heart. Mm, that's beautiful. Yes. And I really liked your recording because one thing that, that you talked about recently on Facebook Live was that that's a huge way that you just described of how we uh, manage disappointment because so many yes. people who do, who do have that 
push for what they want, get disappointed. And then when they get disappointed, I experience a lot of times they say, well, this doesn't work. This just doesn't right. work. <laughs> right. just don't work because it didn't right. work this time. So it doesn't work. And right. so, or disappointed that they didn't get what they wanted, but you're talking about a way of living that is so more expansive that we, right. we really do get what we want because we get how we want to feel and how we're called uh, emotionally inside of us to, to be expressed. So I think that's beautiful. Well, thank you. And, and I think, you know, we really have to remember, well, first of all, you know, rule number one of the universe is unlike a Disneyland ride, <laughs> the universe is always working properly. Yes, it is. It's always working properly. We just may not know, like, oh, wow, I'm on the disappointment ride. I thought, yeah. I, was on, <laughs> I thought I was on the fulfillment train. I'm on the disappointment ride. It's working properly. Uh-huh. Um, and I think what's interesting to know is that one of the reasons we incarnate into human form one of the greatest reasons why people want to come to this planet is because, you know, like on some, in some galaxies and some planets and star systems, there's a vast amount of knowledge. There's a vast amount of technology mm. that is beyond our wildest imagination. But what this planet earth is so sought after for, and of, of course the consciousness of the planet is also making its way to, but what's known on this planet is that this is the planet where you can come to have the most direct and vivid experience of your own creativity and to manifest your light into tangible emotional form. Mm. So we are like the artist district of the universe. (laughs) And, you know, the planet's making its way to become as wise in consciousness and mindful as it is emotionally receptive and brimming with creative inspiration. So we are all these starving artists that are learning to really just embody our light and really just go through the integration process. But, you know, the reason why it's so important to know the way you want to feel is because the way you want to feel is what got you from heaven wanting to come to earth. The fantasy is I get to manifest my light into a specific unique frequency and I'm going to dress up as this character named Matt, in my case. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to experience transcendent joy. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I come down this planet and they say, well, if you're going to end up in joy, we have to start you in a journey that reveals joy. So we have to put you in a family structure that kind of suppresses and takes you to the opposite because you have to know the opposite in order to appreciate the other. Mm-hmm. And so our life journey is really about a life of emotional freedom where we're not waiting for outcomes and certain relationships and certain uh, milestones that we've told ourselves must be. We're not waiting for a raise at work. We're not waiting for a promotion, a certain job title. We're not waiting for a certain level of popularity before we determine we are who we were born to be. And I think when we separate, I can feel the way I want to be right now and not make it about It needs to only be associated to certain outcomes and circumstances. We can separate those two things. And an ego has a big problem with that because it thinks, if I can feel good right now, that means the things I want may not occur. Right. And people have to risk that, but the risk is a good one because you might look back and say, wow, if I had gotten what I wanted, I may not have actually been as happy as I am now, and it might have stunted and limited my evolution and consciousness, and I never would have truly been who I was born to be. So thank you, life, for disappointing me 
and bringing me something I never could have desired that is better than anything I could ever desire. And that's a level of consciousness that it takes loving ourselves at quite a degree to, to align with that type of perfection, to align with that type of thought. And so, you know, not to rush anyone into that trajectory, the journey of healing and self-love meets each and every one of us where we're at. It says, come as you are, be as you wish, and feel love now. And we just take time getting to know ourselves, unhooking these processes, and, and really using the spiritual journey to meet ourselves as authentically and openly and lovingly as we every day wait for others to bring to us. And that's why I call this the love revolution. We are not waiting for others to give us what we so desperately crave. We are becoming the fulfillers of our own joy. We are becoming the guardians of our own being. We are becoming the friends, the family, and the relationships that we no longer wait for others to bring our way. Mm, that's beautiful. Oh, I'm so excited for you to come <laughs> here. Too. Yay, it's going to be a blast. So once again, Matt is coming to Mile High Church on Friday, May 29th at 7 p.m. Do you have anything else you want to say to invite our uh, community to consider if they're, as, as they're thinking about buying a ticket and joining us that night? I would just say that what I'm going to bring to the Mile High Church is a new paradigm, a new frontier of healing. And so if you have been frustrated by the paths and the processes in, in your journey that don't seem to work and provide the results you desire, if you want to be reminded that you live in a universe where literally faster than you can snap your fingers, change can suddenly happen. And if you want to learn exactly the way to live a life of alignment with the universe, if you want to live a life where you are connected to your highest truth and you want to learn ways of being able to really live in that flow with real world results, you know, this is really the way of the modern day spiritual explorer. And I just want to give every single person at the Mile High Church the opportunity to remember and to experience how miraculous each of us are and how absolutely incredibly the universe is supporting our every move. And we come to this event and literally a new horizon of healing will be provided for all in attendance. I'm just thrilled and honored to provide that. Wonderful. Thanks, Matt. Well, I look forward to seeing you here in March. It's going to be fabulous. I, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.